All right, welcome in everybody. Welcome to the NTT. It is March Madness. We are here. Um, we finally made it. Coach V, I'm your host here with Coach Jimmy Neutron. What's and up, boys? Coach Cheesebro. Thought you were gonna say what's up, nerd. I was about to, yeah. and then I changed it last second. I really regret my decision. I forgive you. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, you're gonna be regretting that for a while, I think. For a while, yeah. So, um, yeah, we're here. Congratulations. Us three have all made the tournament. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're over here popping some skis. There it is. There it is. There it is. Nice, nice. Jeez, how's so it good. feel back to be back in the NTT? Hey, man, happy to be here. We, uh, good, good. We're hoping for a little bit of a different outcome tonight, but glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I don't know if you guys saw, we gave up a uh, – oh, nope, thinking of a different league. We lost. It's too bad. You guys lost by two, right? In this. Yeah, so we, we hit a three-pointer with seven seconds left to tie the game, and then with seven seconds left, we give uh, an unassisted layup to the point guard to win the game. Oh, sure. Sure. That hurts. Like, yeah. yeah. Come on, man. And now you get the eight seed going up against Rockford in the second round, which is never an easy match. Well, and we, we would have had a chance at a five seed, I think, with the win. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're probably right. So you're the only one that won today, Jimmy. Um, congratulations. We lost Thank our you. first Thank you. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. We'll start with Region 1, and we'll start with the number one overall seed, the Nashville Syrup, going up against the Charlotte Sand Sharks. So – um, Nashville is number one overall, 17 and one, 15th strength of schedule. Um, winners of the PNTTT, PNTT, I, I think I added a T on there. Yeah. Uh, we, so obviously the most prestigious tournament, they got that out of the way. Now they got the lesser NTT coming up. We got the, and, uh, yeah, we're pretty good. We're number six in uh, free throws attempted a game, number three in true shooting percentage, Number three in true shooting margin, five in rebounding margin, number one in blocks, number seven in foul margin, and number four in points. Charlotte is uh, at Conference 11. They won their conference tournament, getting the at-large bid. Uh, number 138 and 186 strength of schedule, 11 and seven, but they finished strong winning those winning their last seven games. Um, so as a reward, they make the NTT, the NTT. Wow. <laughs> I keep doing that. <laughs> they're number, uh, they're number seven in opposing free throws attempted and number one in foul margin. So they don't foul a lot. And yeah. What do you see in this game, cheese? Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and go with Nashville. Wow. Um, old. Hats off to Charlotte for making it. Um, Charlotte's two best players are their backcourt, uh, Brendan Brunson and Christopher O'Hearn, um, mm-hmm. averaging about 36, 37 points a game between the two. Um, O'Hearn, it looks almost kind of like a volume guy. He doesn't have the best uh, field goal percentage. And I really worry about O'Hearn's matchup with Andre Wilmot uh, for you guys. Um on paper, Wilmot looks like he's an outstanding defender, leading the team in steals. Um, you know, he Wilmot, he's one of those defensive shooting guards that we, we've talked about before, um, not carrying the scoring load for Nashville because they have Sanders and Smith 
to take the bulk of the the shot. So um, I think it could be a tough night for O'Hearn and uh, that could be trouble for Charlotte. Um, I'd be surprised if they kept this one competitive. Uh, they do have some good players, um, but I think you look at the height differential, the scoring differential, and it could get pretty lopsided quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, River Sanders. River Sanders. I'm struggling with my English right now. Uh, they finished uh, number one and number two, respectively, in Conference 15 in the awards that came out today. Um, so they're just really good players. And, yeah, they've been carrying us all year. And, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's just move on to the next matchup. We got the, the eighth seed. We got the Boston Mandalorians going up against the Helena Witches. Um, so uh, the Mandalorians, they have – Pretty balanced squad, number 34 overall, 211 strength of schedule, 15 and 3. Um, yeah, they, Brian Deese looks like a really solid player. Um, so does Cameron uh, Wincoop. Um, yeah, point guard, seven assists, probably a little too many turnovers, but still pretty good. Not a great strength of schedule, but hey, they won their conference and their conference tournament, so that's big. Helena, number 33. They won their conference 22 uh, with the 106 strength of schedule and then finished fourth in their, uh, in their tournament. Uh, they're led by their point guard, Manuel Smith, um, 6'4", junior, uh, scoring 22 points, five assists, 2.6 steals. Um, this guy's a monster. So Boston is number one in three points attempted, and that's the only top 10 statistical category they have. And then Helena is number five in uh, three points attempted, number three in steals, and number one in turnover margin. So what do you see in this game, Jimmy? Yeah, um, I think that these teams are pretty similarly built. Um, they get scoring from kind of all over. Um, Helena's is a little bit more – Helena's, I can never say that, uh, is a little bit more um, concentrated, but it's still slightly spread over. Uh, I would say both teams also are sort of like led by one class. So Boston has the their sophomores are their 23-26 class, and then you look at uh, Helena, and they are they have their juniors who are the 9-3 class, um, and so and you kind of the guys that you mentioned that are leading this team come from those respective classes. Hmm. Um, I I think that Boston just has a case of not focusing their scoring enough. Actually, it's like fun that they're. Um, sort of spread out, but Brian Dees and, and Cameron Wincoop are clearly better scorers than Anakin Mitchell and Jaden mm -hmm. Walker. And Anakin Mitchell would even be a lot better if he didn't shoot 27% from three and mm -hmm. take seven threes a game. And so yeah. I think he could be a really, really good scorer, but it, when it's like you're shooting two for seven from three and you're taking seven attempts a game, um, sometimes those are long rebounds and you, your team can get those, but that's just going to hurt your team. So I actually yeah. think that Helena is going to win this one. They've been in the NTT three years in a row. Um, whereas this is Boston, this is Boston's fourth, but, uh, none in the last five years. And so I think Helena is just a little bit more like they've been here before a little bit more battle tested. Uh, although conference five is getting a lot better than it used to be, um, but they also just focus their scoring a lot more through Manuel Smith. And so I think that Helena's going to win this one pretty easily, but unfortunately has a pretty tough matchup in the second round. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. 
to uh, the number four seed, we got the Concord comments, number 17 overall, number 80 is strength of schedule. They won conference six in the regular season. They're led by that great senior class and uh, Daniel Michael, um, averaging 25.7 points a game on 66.2% true shooting percentage. Also pretty good assist to turnover ratio. Um, yeah, they went, they went 16 and two for the year. They're going up against Culver City, the number 13 seed. They got a great sophomore class and then some other guys that kind of fit around it. Um, but you look at Bryce Weiss, um, switches, splits his time between uh, power forward and center. Um, he scores a lot. He gets to the line a lot, but he does not have a great uh, field goal percentage. Almost under 42%, um, and he's putting up 20 points a game. So not efficient, but I think they make up for that with their defense. So you look at this team, um, Culver City is the number five team in offensive rebounds, and that's the only statistical category that they're top ten in, um, whereas Concord is the number six team in free throws attempted, the number six team in uh, opposing free throws attempted, and then number five in true shooting percentage. So what do you see in this one, Chief? Yeah, I think this could be closer than it looks on paper. Culver City is a good team. Um, they're coming in uh, mm-hmm. after winning six in a row. Um, so they've got the momentum right now. Uh, I do look at their schedule and, and see the best team they beat, um, which they played again tonight, is number 71. And their out-of-conference schedule is pretty telling. They they scheduled pretty aggressively, but they lost all three early season out-of-conference games. Um, so even though I think they're talented, uh, I think they could struggle going up against, you know, an NGT matchup like Concord. Um, and then obviously, yeah. as you mentioned, you know, when your star player is shooting 42% from the field, um, I don't think that bodes well for, for playing on the big stage. Um, and then you look at the other side. Uh, what actually really stands out to me is how Concord has uh, worked into their lineup, Charles Lewis, a little bit. Um, he just played one game this year, uh, but average put up seven assists and three blocks in that one game. So I uh, yeah. wonder if they're going to tinker with that come tournament. Um, but even their regular starting five, I mean, they've got some great height down low with Grayson Greenwell, um, who looks like a pretty athletic guy. And then uh, their backcourt with Williams and Michael, you know, are pretty efficient scorers themselves. So um, I do like Concord in the matchup. Yeah, um, the one game Charles Lewis played was the uh, game number one. So oh, well. mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't know how much he's going to be playing. And Culver City had a good year outside of their performance in the PNTT. Um, they did get a win over Yuma, though. So <laughs> good for them. Uh, let's move on to the next matchup, the five twelve. We got San Antonio Horror, number 16, 16 and two with a one forty two strength of schedule. They brought in the one two class last year. And they're starting Thomas Clemens. Um, Thomas Clemens is a beast. I was on him. I was hoping that he would uh, sign with Nashville, but instead he went to San Antonio. Um, and they've really built a great team around them. Uh, he's averaging 17.9 points a game on 57.8% true shooting and just kind of does everything pretty well. Um, they are going up against Bakersfield, the Banana Skiffers, coached by Hawkeye, 61 Number 203, they won their conference uh, tournament to get in at large bid. Um, and they're led by Casey Kennedy and Omar Ryan Griffin, um, the freshman the freshman phenom, 20, almost 29 points a game for him. 
and close to 60% true shooting percentage. Uh, Bakersfield is the number 17 in three points attempted, whereas San Antonio is the number three team in offensive rebounds and the number four team in rebounding margin. So what do you see in this game, Jimmy? Yeah, uh, San Antonio is a hard team for me to figure out. I know they had a pretty good run a few years ago. They're kind of always, outside of last year, um, they're kind of always in that like 21 and 3, 22 uh, and 2 range sort of team uh, the last few years. Uh, but they're like, they're not efficient at all at scoring. So they only have a 3.7% margin for true shooting percentage, which is usually not typical for uh, an, an NTT team, especially an NTT team that um, has a strength of schedule of only 142. Uh, and so I, I think a, one factor is they spread the ball, and I talk about this a lot, but they spread the ball out a little bit too much. I'd like to see Thomas Clemens get the ball a little bit more. And then I would also say they only start one of the freshman guys in that one-two class. And then you look at even like per 30 stats, Raul Feller um, has by far the highest plus minus on their team. Now that could just be like a, a smaller sample size than other guys, but it's really, really interesting stuff um, to think about. Like I, I can't fully figure out this team. Uh, and then you go to Bakersfield and it seems like they actually have focused their scoring a lot better. Um, and so they have, they also only have about a 3% true shooting margin um, and even on a worse schedule. But Omarion Griffin and Casey Kennedy um, are their most efficient scorers and they shoot the most. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what that's what I typically like. I think I will say this with for a team like that, like Hawkeye has, um, if you're able to throw off one of those two guys, Griffin or Kennedy, then um, they have a really, really hard time recovering. Whereas like when you have a team that's set up like um, San Antonio, then they're a little bit easier to, to, or they're a little bit harder to throw off like one particular guy. Um, I am going to go with the upset here, though. You know, Hawkeye really hasn't been uh, in the NTT for the past couple of years, and he really hasn't been like a mover and a shaker since the Joseph Kane years. Yeah. But it seems like he might have as Joseph Kane and Omarion Griffin. I mean, this is an absolute stud, um, putting up huge numbers on on really good efficiency and so i think he's going to carry the day here for san antonio uh or against san antonio in this first round uh but i i'll be completely honest i could be way off on this one yeah yeah they look good um let's move on to the bottom half of the bracket let's look at blackford the bandits um number eight team in the country 163 strength of schedule they have that one one junior class with christopher shoemaker christopher uh keller and alex stringer um, and I know, you know, I know Jimmy's got PTSD looking back to signing day after signing day of losing these guys. Um, so much. Uh, or, yeah. So uh, a lot of these guys were um, targets of Rochester. So they got a pretty balanced team and they're really good. You know, Hunter Prigg is probably their best player. Their center, 17.4 points a game. But, you know, Luke Fry and Christopher Shoemaker are really solid players, too. Um, Prig has just been so efficient from the center position, scoring 17.4 points a game on 12 shots, um, which is pretty crazy. Uh, New Orleans, not a, I mean, they've had a down year by their standards, I think, but you know, you got Jonathan Sorensen, the senior, and then you got those three freshmen, Anthony uh, Carburana, Adam Vainshek, uh, and uh, Dylan Sprague. Uh, Right there. I mean, 
they got they got some talent on their team for sure. They got that th uh, 13 uh, 15 class. They ended up winning their um, conference tournament and they've won the last six games. Um, so that's a really big uh, after they switched to zones. So that's a really big thing. And I think zone might actually help them against this uh, Blacksburg team that relies on their post scoring a lot. So Blacksburg is number two in offensive rebounds, number one in assist, number eight in blocks, uh, number two in turnover margin, and number three in point, points, whereas New Orleans is number 10 in three points attempted, number one in offensive rebounds, and number three in rebounding margin. So two great rebounding mar re rebounding teams. What do you see in this game, Jimmy? Or yeah, so New Orleans, I mean, first of all, this is, this is a tough draw for New Orleans. I think they're better mm -hmm. than a 15 seed. Um, and they've clearly got the experience and the coaching pedigree. Uh, I think this is an outstanding freshman class for them. Um, uh, yeah. Coach JW did make uh, a move um, six games ago. Like you mentioned, they're on a six-game winning streak. Um, they moved Adam Vainshack from starting at small forward uh, to have him come off the bench at shooting guard. Mm -hmm. I think that was a wizardly coaching move because they've not lost a game since. Um, and he was playing small forward at six, three. So I look at this matchup, if he had been starting there, he would have gone up against Luke Fry at six, eight. And I think that spelled disaster. So um, they're a good team. Um, I think they're going to be outmatched uh, because they're playing so much youth and uh, Blacksburg has a little more experience, but I'm really, really interested in, the matchup between the centers, um, Joel Leonard yes. for New Orleans, six eleven, um, not a huge scorer, but eleven point two rebounds, one point four steals, two point three blocks, going up against Hunter Prigg, who you mentioned, um, nine point seven rebounds, three point seven blocks. So um, that should be a fun one. And then I just think Blacksburg is so loaded with talent. I mean, you have the one yeah. one junior class. And all three of those guys are starting, and none of them are your leading scorers. Your two leading scorers are your other two starters that aren't in yeah. the 1-1 one, one class. So I think Blacksburg has a ton of talent. Um, I think their experience is going to win them this first game. Um, and, yeah, Hunter Prigg, I think, is a player to watch in the whole tournament. Yeah, I wonder if the zone's going to mess with him. And I actually talked to Luke Fry a little bit after uh, after he saw the reveal and – I mean, they, he made it to the Sweet 16 as a uh, freshman, and they're feeling good. He brings in the 1-1 class um, right after that. In the next two years, they end up losing in the first round. Um, so can Blacksburg get over that hump? I think, it's really, I think it's really important to see, like, I mean, yes, Shoemaker, Prig, uh, Keller, Stringer, they, they have all the accolades, but can they win the big games? You know, and that's that's the question here. And you, this is you said it's kind of a bad matchup for New Orleans. I think it's a bad matchup for Blacksburg to get such a tough 15 seed. So yep. um, just something to keep an eye on with this. Yeah. And, and I'll just add to that. I mean, New Orleans just beat uh, Miami, mm -hmm. who probably should have been a top three seed. And they, they ended up getting slot in a, a six seed. Um, and so. Just want to say and add to that sort of like you're like, oh, well, good teams lose in the first round all the yeah. time last year. Blacksburg was a one seed and a bunch of us picked them to go to the final four last year. And so this is this is a really, really tough matchup for a team that is sort of in that like clear water esque sort of like losing way too early for a really good team like uh, teams 
like the Clearwater teams a couple of years before. If so, Blacksburg loses this how. game, do you question the pass first point guard uh, composition of this team? Uh, I already <laughs> questioned the pass first I'm point guard. Um, so I'm biased. I'm setting she's myself up. Yeah, she's just sure. the captain yeah, of the are. pass first point guard. Um, <laughs> he like, is. He is. He is I mean, he is driving that train. That is, we'll get that there. Is region, in Region 4. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. So, But, yeah, it's like Peter Holmes. I mean, he still, hit, he still got his numbers, but he only got 19 points on 18 shots in the championship game, and they lost by, they lost by seven. Um, so I'm, I'm interested. It, it, he still out-rebounded him like crazy. Joel Leonard like crazy, <laughs> fifteen to one. That is, <laughs> that's no, that's that's, that's funny. Um, <laughs> all right, well, let's move on to the next matchup. We got the seven uh, ten matchup at the with the seven seed. We got Paducah, the Prohibition, out of Conference Eight team. They're one of the eleven at large teams that made it, led by their uh, sophomore point guard William Clark, uh, twenty one points a game. Um, they're going up against the Louisville uh, Targaryens. Um, Louisville won their conference tournament. Probably got that. Probably secured their uh, their NTT bid. Don't think they would have got in without it. So you look at Paducah, come from a really tough conference. They're number one, uh, number two in uh, free throws attempted per game. Their number, and that's their only top ten statistical category. Whereas uh, Louisville is. Easier schedule, but they are number five in points allowed, number eight in opposing three points attempted, um, number two in steals, and number eight in turnover margin. So Louisville likes to play defense, keep and hold on to the ball, whereas um, Paducah likes to go to the line. What do you see in this one, Jimmy? Yep, you you nailed it on the head. Uh, I feel like Paducah loves to sort of slow down the game or sorry, 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 Louisville loves to slow down the game uh, just because they don't have efficient scorers. Mm-hmm. And, and I know Cheese has talked about this. When you don't have like a reliable, efficient scorer, it's really, really frustrating and really hard to get through some games yeah. um, and, and get those wins. Whereas Paducah, does, I mean, their leading scorer is William Clark scoring 22 a game on 65% true shooting. Whereas uh, Louisville's leading scorer is actually their least efficient uh, player uh, in their starting five. Hmm. And so I think that, you know, the point guard matchup is kind of fun, but I just think that William Clark um, beats Alex Strong, you know, five out of five times. Uh, and so Edward Valdez definitely is interesting for Louisville. Mm-hmm. I think he gives um, them a little bit of the edge at center, yeah. especially because Cody, Cody Dideau, I, I don't know. He's, he's definitely from Louisiana, but I don't know how to say his name. Uh, he, he's only getting 1.9 blocks per game. Um, and he's only six, eight. And so, uh, Paducah is a little bit smaller, but I just think that they're a lot more battle tested coming out of conference 18. Um, it, it seems like they have the better star players, whereas Louisville has more depth. Um, but I, I just think the star players went out in the NTT time in and time out. Yeah. All right. So I picked Paducah. Cool. Let's move on to the three fourteen matchup. We got Youngstown, the Solaris. Going up the number three seed going up against College Station Vipers. So Youngstown, um, yeah, they're a mainstay in the NTT. They missed the last three years, but they're back and they have a great team. Went 17 and one this year, only lost one game. 
um, and that was in their conference championship uh, to uh, Pontiac, and they got killed by the Clown Babies. I mean, that'd be that'd be scary going up against some Clown Babies. Obviously, Ethan Mitchell is probably their best player, 25.6 points a game on 57.4% true shooting. Um, and then College Station, number 79, 242 strength of schedule. They won their conference with three losses in their conference. Um, yeah, and uh, probably their best player is Thomas Cahill. Um, so you look at these two teams. Youngstown is the number three team in points allowed. They're the number three team in opposing true shooting percentage, number 10 team in true shooting percentage margin, number 10 team in offensive rebounds, number eight team in rebounding margin, and number nine team in assist. Um whereas College Station is the number six team in three points attempted and the number six team in offensive rebounds. What do you see in this game? Yeah, I think these teams are both pretty similarly constructed um, with most of their scoring coming from the one through three. Um, It's interesting looking at the year that Daniel Winters had, um, 0.9 points per game on 0.9 shots per game at 29% uh, shooting. and 5.2 assists, 7.4 rebounds. So uh, I love a guy like that, for one. Um, for two, I do start to wonder if if he's completely a non-factor on offense, does that pose a liability? Um, but obviously they've only lost one game all year, uh, Youngstown has. So um, it's clearly working for him. But that's just interesting uh, for me to look at. Um, on the other side, uh, for College Station, uh they don't seem like they have the as much talent uh, in going into this matchup. Um, but uh, I do wonder what the game will look like for Cahill and if he can get hot. Um, and then the one thing that jumps yeah. out at me comparing these teams is the turnover margin. Uh, College Station is minus three, only 9.3 turnovers a game, which is pretty good. And uh, Youngstown is uh, a little more than that at 10.7. So, um, you know, if I was – if I was College Station and trying to make an upset bid, I would think if I can manufacture some extra possessions here, um, Youngstown's point guard, Jason Conyers, is committing three turnovers a game. Could I get him into four or five turnovers and get some extra shots off to try to keep it close? Um, I'd love to go with the upset, but I think Youngstown is just too talented here. Yeah. All right, let's look at the 6-11 matchup. we got the Pierre Beagles going up against the San Francisco Golden Gators. Um, the Golden Gators won conference 29, and they get an 11 seed. Um, both are 13 and 5. Uh, Pierre's got a tougher strength of schedule and obviously a tough, uh, higher rank with being the 6 seed. They're led by Christian Cortez, uh, the shooting guard, and then uh, Nathaniel McCray for the San Francisco Golden Gators. You look at San Francisco, they are number – they're actually not top 10 in any statistical category – whereas Pierre is number two in opposing true shooting percentage and number five in blocks. So what do you see in this game, Jimmy? Yeah, so originally I was going with uh, San Francisco, I'll just be completely honest, Uh, just because, you know, they've been more efficient, um, they have more capacity to score, um, but then you look at their schedule, and it's like they played Jefferson City, close early in the year uh and then other than that they've lost to number 99 portland and number 101 riverside um 
and, and Riverside has been a really good team in the past, but it's it's just like, uh, and then they lose to Portland again in their conference yeah. tournament. Whereas you you look at um, Pierre just has had a lot tougher of a schedule, the forty first overall strength of schedule, and so they they seem to have a hard time scoring their best shooter. Like you said, Christian Quartles is a fifty three percent true shooting percentage guy, um, but they slow down guys a lot better, and you know that that uh, true shooting percentage is going to be brought down by teams um, or by, by better teams. Whereas like, it's going to be up for San Francisco. And so I'm going to go with Pierre here. I, I, I just think the Beagles have been uh, pushed a lot better and have responded better in. Um, I'll just let Sanford. you know, Jimmy, for the record that San Francisco stole Nathaniel McRae from us last year. Uh, he is not a pass first mm. point guard. So mm. just. Uh, yeah. He's not. Yeah, you wouldn't have known. Yeah, you would probably come at par for five eleven. Cool. Well, let's look at this bracket as a whole. Um, yeah, what do you guys? I guess I'll make my picks. Um, I got Nashville over Helena, um, San Antonio over Concord. Uh, I'm going to take the upset upset New Orleans over uh, Blacksburg, and then. Uh, New Orleans over Paducah, um, and then Youngstown losing to New Orleans, who goes to the Elite Eight, and then Nashville um, over San Antonio, and I'll take up for the final four. Wow. A little self-serving. Yeah, yeah. That's not a homer pick, is it? Um, I just like my team. I feel like this is the uh, most confident I've been in my team, even with a loss. This, um, sure. So go sure, ahead, Jimmy. Sure. <laughs> uh, I've got Charlotte over Nashville. I'm just kidding. Uh, I've got Nashville over Helena, Concord over Bakersfield, uh, and then I think Nashville beats Concord. And then I've got Blacksburg over Paducah, um, Youngstown over Pierre, and then Blacksburg takes on Youngstown. And then I actually have Nashville. Cool. The final um, well. I uh, I've also got Nashville over Charlotte. Um, Boston's going to beat Helena because of the play of their backup point guard Nick Dorsey, who's averaging 21 points per 30. Um, but Boston will lose to Nashville. Hmm. Um, I have uh, San Antonio over Concord, and then Nashville beating San Antonio. Uh, Blacksburg over Paducah, Youngstown over San Francisco, and Blacksburg beating Youngstown. And then I also have Nashville going through. All right, clean sweep. You guys are good, man. It's Richard um, Sanders here. Yeah. Um, let's. Uh, who are some players to watch in this group? Yeah, Richard Sanders. <laughs> I mean, uh, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Richard Sanders, River Smith, uh, are going to carry the day for you guys. And then, and then I think honestly, this. This region doesn't have a ton of star power compared to some of the other ones. I think that there's sort of three other guys mm-hmm. in this region I would be watching. It's it's Hunter Prigg, uh, Daniel mm-hmm. Michael, and William Clark. I think depending on how they perform is going to determine uh, really what the I think what the yeah. Elite Eight is going to look like here. Because for me, it feels like there's three teams that are sort of much better than the other teams in this region. It's uh, Nashville, Concord, and and Blacksburg. Yeah, but, yeah Hunter um, Prigg is the other guy I was yeah. going to mention. We'll um, and I would actually mm-hmm. love to see that matchup uh, with him and, and Greg's on your team. Um, I, I think I think he would win that one to one battle on uh, against against Greg's. Um, but as a team, I still think you guys would have the edge there. 
Yeah, it should be it should be good. I really like Brian Deese too of uh, Boston. He's a um, he's a really good sure. power forward that's um, done for well sure. for them. So cool. Um, other than that, let's uh, move on, and we will be back in your ears with Region Two very soon. <laughs>